Well, here we go. Hello. Happy New Year. Uh, 2020. Can you believe it? 2020. Does this mean we've all got perfect vision this year? I'll give you a minute to think about that one. Hello, my name's Craig. Uh, just to really bring everything into perspective for you, especially those of you of a certain age, it's 2020. That means 1990, yeah, was 30 years ago. 30 years ago. That's a quarter of a century plus. Now I'll cheer you all up. Hello, welcome to a brand new year. Welcome to 2020. Welcome to a brand new, more determined, more positive podcast from my good self. I'm doing it. Regular podcast throughout 2020. Um, hopefully weekly. At the very least, monthly. Uh, as often as possible, I will do one a month between now and the end of 2020. And depending on the success of it, you see this is my new res- resolution. Depending on the success of this, I'll carry on. It all depends on interaction, feedback from yourselves. Uh, how how many listeners I get? How many people are remotely interested in anything I've got to say? Um, that, that's basically how it's going to start. And the plan is at the moment, I don't really have a subject. I don't really know what I'm going to go for. The idea is vaguely to browse the internet. Anything I come across that I find interesting, I'm going to talk about it. And um, then hopefully get feedback from yourselves. Simple, isn't it? Uh, I better tell you, in fact, I'll probably record a different segment for uh, uh, my contact details. That'd be a good idea, won't it? Yeah, we'll do that. So anyway, this is going out on the, I'm releasing this one. The intention is to release this particular podcast on Saturday, the, help me, 4th? Yeah, I believe Saturday the 4th of January. And Hopefully, every Saturday after that throughout the year, but probably not. But I'll do what I can, I do promise. It depends on how much interesting stuff I get, how much feedback I get, and things like that, doesn't it? Um, I've got a whistler. A whistler? I am the whistler. What am I talking about? I've got a Twitter page called Whistler Podcast. If you'd like to have a look at that as well, I'll give you the details of that later. I've also got an email address. You can drop me a line on that. And... We can get into discussions. I can get your thoughts and your opinions on whatever I'm going to be talking about throughout all this. But I suppose without further ado, I have to kick off with um, a little segment about my Twitter address. Twitter handle, is it? I don't know. My Twitter address and my email address coming at you. So if you'd like to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. It's all about interaction, it's this uh, show, with this little podcast, and uh, it'd be great to hear your thoughts, your feedback, your ideas on stuff. So, very quickly, very simply, this is how you do it. You can email me, okay, whistlermail at yahoo.co.uk, simple, whistlermail at yahoo.co.uk, or you can send me a tweet using at the whistler 8 that's at the, with a capital T, Whistler, with a capital W, the rest in lowercase, then the number 8. Add the Whistler 8. Love to hear from you. I'll probably come with some kind of hashtag at some point when I learn how to use it properly, but in the meantime, that's how you can get in touch with me. Cheers.
Well, let's get on with it then, shall we? Um, it's a new year. It's a new beginning. It's a time when people uh, tend to look back over, you know, what's happened, and then look forward about how they can change things, what they can do differently. Um, it's like a, a rebirth, isn't it? A new year. It's a new beginning. A lot of you'll be maybe joining gyms or starting gym memberships, which you might use throughout this month and then never ever use again. Uh, maybe your ambi- ambitions are more uh, doable. I um, made a resolution last year. Uh, you know the couch to 5k the running plan i'll probably talk a lot more about that uh, throughout this year uh, because it's something i did I enjoyed uh, went from not being able to run at all and now i run 5k uh, several times a week uh, my uh, i did do it a few years ago and then i just gave in for various feeble excuses now i do it i actually do it and uh my resolution for this year again is to keep at it, keep running 5k three or four times a week. I'm 43 years old uh, and I'm glad that at my age I can do that, I can maintain it. Um, so I'm going to try and do that again. But whatever your, what they call them, resolutions, yeah that's the word, whatever your resolutions, good luck with them. Um, <clears throat> nice to be able to look forward and uh, <clears throat> have some kind of ambition, uh, some goal to achieve great isn't it Uh, speaking of looking forward i want to talk about this guy that i've just stumbled across whilst browsing the world wide web this is you're gonna have to excuse me um for my pronunciation his name is nicholas ardula i'll spell that a-u-j-u-l-a ardula i'll give you more information about him shortly um he is a psychic now the interesting thing about this particular psychic is that, according to the news article that I'm looking at now from the mirror, shortly before we celebrated the chiming of Big Ben and welcomed 2019, psychic Nicholas Ajula had a number of visions telling him it was going to be a difficult year. The 34-year-old claims he foresaw earthquakes in China and Cuba, a mass London cabbie protest, a fire at a large historical church, Notre Dame, of course, and a scandal involving a public figure named Justin, all of which came true. But I like the way that that is worded. The 35-year-old claims he foresaw all this stuff after it happened. Very interesting. But now, he has given his predictions for 2020, and as it's the beginning of 2020, we can set this down in for posterity, see how well he does, see if any good comes of these predictions. So we're going to have a look at it now. So, if he's correct, it's going to be quite a year. Nicholas is from South London, and he's been sensing spirits and experiencing supernatural visions since he was a child, and believes he has led past lives as an Egyptian queen and a lion. So, make of that what you will. I'm a bit... Before we even get any deeper into this uh, podcast, I am a sceptic. So, uh, by looking at weird little news stories like this and having discussions with yourselves then hopefully I might be able to open my mind a little bit, maybe. We shall see. And, of course, if these predictions come true, then I'll have no reason to doubt anything, will I? So, what am I on about? Yeah, so Nicholas, who happens to work as a past-life regression therapist and hypnotherapist, said, some of the visions I have are through dreams, and others just hit when I'm walking around. Uh, The dreams are the strongest, he says. When you conked out, the logical side of your brain is switched off, giving more room to your intuitive side. And explaining some of the predictions that have come to him, he said, I've seen lots of visions of protests, people taking to the streets, not so much just here in the UK, but all over the world. So, are we ready? 
He says, of course, people protest all the time, but I'm seeing this more as a global mass movement. So, his predictions go a little bit as follows, and I'll try and I'll try and make a mental note of this, and we'll check back at the end of 2020 and see how he's done. So, I feel Trump will be defeated this year, although he won't go quietly. He's also had visions of severe weather and heavy winds in the UK. Um, also, in the world of showbiz, are we ready for this? He's had visions of Paris Hilton announcing she's having a baby, a scandal around Lindsay Lohan, and Jennifer Aniston will start a significant new relationship. He says he's also become very aware of weight. Way? I'll start that sentence again. He's also become very aware of Amy Winehouse. And he's wondering if there'll be another death of a young female singer in the headlines, perhaps of something surrounding alcohol and addiction. Uh, there's one really bizarre and random vision he's had, but he's seen a floral cupcake dress going viral and people really sitting up and noticing the design. That'd be interesting. Uh, some of the notable visions Nicholas has had, which he believes may end up relating to stories that hit the news, include a large fire at a UK hospital, a dog winning a talent show, and England enjoying success at a major football tournament, um, which does leap to mind the possibility of winning the UEFA Euro competition, which takes place this June. I don't follow football, he says, but I can see England doing really well in a big match, he said. Um, So, this Nicholas fella, uh, he believes that over the years, his visions have helped him predict major world events before they've happened. Speaking at the end of 18... Uh, about his forecast for the year ahead. Oh, this is correcting what I said earlier, actually. He mentioned seeing earthquakes in China and Cuba. Uh, a public figure named Justin and singer Taylor Swift getting engaged. Cabby protest. And he says, when I look back at 2019, the things I said at the start compared with events that happened throughout are quite eye-opening. For example, on June 17, months after my vision, there was a severe earthquake in southern China where 13 people died. I also talked about cabbies protesting, which they did in spring at Parliament Square, London. I also had visions of someone getting caught up in a scandal. At the time, I wondered who it could be. It was a Justin. I thought Bieber or Tim Blake, but it could have been Justin Trudeau, the European Canadian, the European, the Canadian Prime Minister, of course. Uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, was the brunt of some criticism when a photograph emerged of him from his younger years. Uh, at a fancy dress party and he was wearing a turban and had blackface um, so uh, I'm not going to read this rest of this article because it does go on quite a lot but the predictions he has made there interesting uh, the salient points let's try and remember these we've got uh, Trump gets defeated won't go quietly severe weather in the UK Paris Hilton becomes pregnant, Lindsay Lohan scandal, and Jennifer Aniston starting a significant new relationship, and also death of a young female singer, uh, perhaps something to do with alcohol and addiction, and visions of a floral cupcake dress going viral. Fire in a UK hospital, dog winning a talent show, and England enjoying success at a major football tournament. Let's see how many of those he gets right. It'll be interesting. While we're on one, I've given you my contact info. What are your psychic predictions for 2020? Let's have yours. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how we do as Whistler 
uh, we need a name for ourselves, Whistlerettes. Yeah, Whistlerettes. Let's have a Whistlerettes do. Let's compile our own predictions for 2020. What do you think? So, for that's what I do here at the Whistler Podcast is I um, I browse the internet and I've been doing that still now and have been. And I've come across this. It's uh, an article from The Independent. Um, the headline being, From out-of-date biscuits to too many Savaloys, police reveal the worst time-wasting 999 calls of 2019. Here in the UK, uh, 999 being the emergency number. You call that if you need the police, the fire brigade, an ambulance, etc. Uh, in an emergency and um, obviously in America it's 911, isn't it? And there are, I imagine, various numbers throughout the world. Um, the Met Police have revealed their strangest 999 calls, including ones about chippy orders and old biscuits, as they reminded people to only use the number in case of emergency. Um, another caller asked the emergency services control room for the time, according to audio released by the force. Can you imagine that? Somebody wanted to know the time, and the first thing that entered the head was to dial 999 and ask them. Uh, Not only did these calls waste police time and resources, they also potentially put Londoners at risk in what could be a life or death situation, the Met Police has said. In the audio, one person is heard complaining that they'd been given three Savaloys with their chips when they had only ordered one. Another said the biscuits were out of date. Chief Superintendent David Jackson, who is in charge of call handling the Met Police, said although these calls can be perceived as amusing, they're actually a huge waste of the Met's resources. These hoax calls block the number from other members of the public who could be calling 999 in a real emergency, keeping people in danger, waiting for longer, and putting lives at risk. He appealed for people to use the Twitter page, the Met's website, or by phoning 101, which is the police's non-emergency number. Uh, you use that when you don't need an immediate response uh, from the police or their presence. Get this, this is a great statistic, this. It's a worrying statistic, but it's a great one. Between the 1st of January and the 30th of November last year, over 25,000 hoax calls were received by the Met's Command and Control Centre in London. 25,000 between the 1st of January and the 30th of November. That is shocking. That really is shocking. The Met doing this, obviously, it's prompted other forces to reveal their oddest 999 calls in order to remind people not to use the emergency line lightly. Um, the, the week before Christmas, apparently, police said they received an emergency call on the 999. Get this. Somebody dialed 999 asking where they could buy Brussels sprouts for their Christmas dinner. Seriously? Yep. Uh, North Wales police issued a warning that such calls waste police resources as they revealed 999 has also been used to complain about sheep in a yard and a mobile phone top-up card refund. It's breathtaking, but this is great. This is how the article ends. This is the last line of the article. Get this. A woman was prosecuted earlier this year after making hundreds of hoax 999 calls over two weeks because she was, quote, bored. Some stories are just a load of shit. Um, This one is, um, a man in Australia has quit his job after being outed as the notorious poo jogger. 
he was said to have relieved himself 30 times outside the same block of flats. This story comes from the Huffington Post and is written by Steve Hopkins. And uh, basically the gist is that a man accused of serially pooing in public has quit his job after a photographer caught him relieving himself on a suburban Brisbane street. The man, named as Andrew Douglas McIntosh, was dubbed the poo jogger after a story in Australia's Courier Mail which pictured the former manager supposedly defecating in public. McIntosh was photographed holding toilet paper outside the Logan Road block on May 11 and has been charged with one count of public nuisance. It's alleged that McIntosh, 64, and therefore I should have known better, fouled on the private footpath of an apartment block near his Greenslopes Brisbane home 30 times in 2019. According to local reports, the regularity of McIntosh's movements proved to be his undoing, with the residents setting up cameras to catch him in the act. With his reputation seemingly in the toilet, snigger, McIntosh has since stepped down from his job as a quality care manager at Avio, a company that runs retirement villages. Avio later confirmed his resignation as pictures of McIntosh mid-motion went viral. And there's a picture. Uh, you are so lucky that this is a podcast and not a YouTube video. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, McIntosh is also on Brisbane City Council's inclusive Brisbane Board, which advises on community issues associated with development and planning. Sorry if you can hear something there, but I've actually left the sound on the laptop. And very amateur. There we go. You could hear an advert playing. Absolutely fantastic. Well done, Craig. Um, so where was I? Yeah, it's not known if he's stepped down from that position which I've just mentioned on Brisbane City Council's inclusive Brisbane Board thing. There's still an advert playing. I don't get it. This is complicated. You see, this is the kind of stuff that you get here on the Whistler. Total amateurishness. Right. Shall we carry on? Yes. An Avio spokesman told the Herald until yesterday, Avio Group was not aware of the charges laid against Mr McIntosh. And will extend its support for any help he may require. So, interesting. I mean, it could be some kind of mental illness, maybe, that the guy's suffering from. Or he's a bit of a mucky pup. I wonder. call this segment of the podcast this is all wrong the reason should become clear shortly enough um but i want to refer to a meme that went around on various social media platforms in around mid-december time quite an interesting one it's a photograph of four people the first one is a lady uh, staring into a test tube her name is morgan vague the definition below her photograph says a student at reed college who discovered bacteria that turns plastic into harmless enzymes, potentially solving the world's plastic problem. Next to her is a picture of a gentleman named Boyan Slatz, a Dutch inventor and entrepreneur who creates technological solutions to global problems. He devised a new method to clean oceans globally. Beneath that is a picture of an Indian environmentalist from the state of Karnataka. Her name is Salam, you'll have to forgive me, Salamarada Thimaka. She planted 8,000 trees at her own expense. Next to her is a picture of, I'm sure you've heard of her, Greta Thunberg. 
Greta Thunberg is a 16-year-old political and media pawn who lectures us about global warming. She's the one, out of these four people, these four possible candidates, that won 19, sorry, 2019's Time Magazine's Person of the Year. To quote Greta herself, This is all wrong. Now don't get me wrong, we all know that climate change is an issue. It's affecting the environment and action does need to be taken. Now those three people that I've just mentioned are taking action. They're doing things but getting in very little recognition. Greta Thunberg, who is a political and media pawn, is doing nothing apart from lecturing us. So climate change is an issue. But there's a kind of hysteria that's been promoted in the name of climate change activism. And Greta Thunberg, Thunberg is the focal point of that. It, it, it's an interesting point. It's a quandary. Uh, this girl has certainly drawn attention to the climate change issue. But she's given the illusion, to me are the impression that she's a, a puppet for tree huggers. She's not saying anything a competent adult couldn't say. Probably she is just reading out adults' comments, you know, comments that have already been made. Um, and she's used as a pawn. She's a, she's a gateway. She's a medium through which to project this because you've got an innocent girl, 16-year-old girl with little pigtails or braids in her hair. And... She, She's a she's a she's a face. She's a voice. That's it. She's nothing else. She's not breaking any scientific ground, and she's not giving any solutions to the problem. Um, she's an actress. She's a mouthpiece. And there's people uh, who are using her because she's young. She looks young. Uh, she's got Asperger's syndrome, and she's therefore being shielded from any kind of criticism. Any kind of criticism shot down straight away um, by left-wing journalists who write articles like those evil and fascist far-right Nazi conservative Trump supporters. They're attacking a 16-year-old girl who has Asperger's. Do you see what we're getting at? Greta does not deserve to have any kind of abuse put her way. Absolutely. She does not deserve any kind of abuse, violent abuse, threats of violent abuse or anything like that. But she shouldn't be immune to criticism just because she's young or has this illness. Because she's put herself or someone has put her into a spotlight. When you hear that speech, they're using something. They're using the fact that this is a girl, a young girl, who is emotionally distraught about the situation so much so that she's actually crying during her speech. Do you remember it? The how dare you speech? This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet, I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. 
Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you! For more than 30 years, the science has been crystal clear. How dare you continue to look away and come here saying that you're doing enough when the politics and solutions needed are still nowhere in sight. You say you hear us and that you understand the urgency. But no matter how sad and angry I am, I do not want to believe that. Because if you really understood the situation and still kept on failing to act, then you would be evil, and that I refuse to believe. Does it wash with you at all? Doesn't really do it for me. It's... Uh, it, I don't know if it's the Asperger's, I don't know if it's the fact that she doesn't speak English as a first language, but that sounded to me like a bad actress. What are your thoughts? Um, she's passionate about what she says. But it wasn't a speech from the heart. It was a speech from a script. Look at the message itself. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school. What? Nobody asked you to be there, Greta. You chose to be there. You stole my dreams, my childhood, with your empty words. Yet I'm one of the lucky ones. A bit of an overreaction? Dramatic? I don't know. But it's just... The general gist of the speech is global warming's bad, carbon emissions bad, planet's a mess, and all of you rich people are doing nothing for it, sort it out. No answer. Blame the West uh, for the climate problem. Um, doesn't mention China where there's so much pollution in the air it feels like a constant stream of second-hand smoke in your lungs. Smog, litter, carbon emissions all over Asia and Africa, yet she chooses to shame the Western world. Don't get it. She's going to the wrong people and she's just a mouthpiece. What are your thoughts? Greta Thunberg. Is she a person to admire? Or is she a political pawn? Should we feel sorry for her? Let me know what your thoughts are. You know how to get in touch. So that Greta Thunberg stuff, um, it, it's given me an idea. Why don't we have a Whistler Person of the Year? As the year goes on, and we're doing these podcasts, we'll be discussing, I imagine, various people, various folk whose name is going to be in the spotlight. It's going to be making the press, making the front page, it's going to be on the news for, let's, let's say for good, and let's have a Person of the Year. It can be, who cares what Time Magazine wants? We will have our own Person of the Year. Get onto Twitter and... Let's have a chat about how we can go about it, who we can nominate, etc. As the year goes on, we're going to keep doing it. I'll be making nominations throughout uh, the year. And at the end of the year, or perhaps this time next year, we'll have our announcement as to who will be the Whistler Person of the Year 2020. Does that sound good? I think it's a great idea. Um, as it's so early in January, as in we're three days in, I don't think there's anybody whose name's quite leapt to the surface as yet but if you want to tweet me please do so um i forgot my twitter um address so i can't really 
I really ought to know it, shouldn't I? Uh, but I, I told you it earlier anyway, so you know what to do. Uh, so let's uh, let's look into doing that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get through more information as uh, time goes on how we're going to work this. But yeah, I think that's a great idea. The Whistler Person of the Year. We'll sort it. Uh, I've just said that. I've just managed to bring my Twitter page up so I can tell you. <laughs> uh, any minute now. That it's at the Whistler 8. That's at the, with a capital T, Whistler with a capital W, and then the number 8. Because I obviously wasn't the first person in, to uh, have the Whistler as the name. Nothing alarms me more than uh, an abuse of power or people misusing any position of privilege or responsibility that they're supposed to be in. And especially when it, it's over something pointless where you're just deliberately trying to get other people in, into trouble for no reason or for very personal reasons that are non-specific and don't mean anything to anybody not involved with it. Um what came to light towards the end of the last year was um, the news that a police officer has quit the force um, after falsely claiming that a McDonald's member of staff served him his coffee and wrote the word pig on his cup. Um, effing pig, actually. Um, so a picture of the cup supposedly given to the officer on his way to work, went viral after being posted on Facebook by one of his bosses, Police Chief Brian Hornaday. Um, but the owner of the McDonald's restaurant in Junction City, Kansas, firmly rejected claims that one of their staff was responsible and said security footage proved the words were not written on the premises. This is according to Connor Sefton, who writes for Sky News. In the now-removed Facebook post, Mr. Hornaday wrote, Thus, behaviour has been, is, and always been wrong. He said he trusted the allegations were true because it would be foolish of any law enforcement agency or professional to not take the word of their police officer. The officer involved in the incident had only been with the police department for two months, but had spent five years as a military police officer in the army previously. He admitted making the story up and said it had been intended as a joke. Mr. Hornaday said, I truly hope the former officer of the Hevington Police Department that did this understands the magnitude of the black eye this gives to law enforcement profession from coast to coast. In a statement, restaurant owner Diana Cook said, My McDonald's has the utmost respect for all members of law enforcement in the military and were troubled by the accusation made. We thoroughly reviewed our security video from every angle, which clearly shows the words were not written by one of our employees. My question to you is, what does the uh, police officer... Um, did it tell us who his name was? I'm not sure it did, did it? Um, what did he get out of it? Just a joke? Was it just a joke or was he deliberately trying to affect somebody's job at McDonald's? Was he trying to affect McDonald's reputation? Or did he have a qualm against those? Um, and of course, since he's quit, it's kind of an admission of guilt as well, isn't it? What are your thoughts on that? People in position of power um, seems to have been abusing that power for no reason whatsoever. I just don't get it. Whistlermail at yahoo.co.uk if you want to have a little chat with me about that.
I've decided that I'm going to occasionally use this podcast to do movie reviews um, because I am a horror movie fan, so there will generally be horror films that I review. And by review, I don't mean review. I'm not going to go in depth and tell you all about the plot and the characterization and the cinematography of it all. I'm just going to tell you if I liked it or not and whether I recommend it. If you like horror films, you'll like my in-depth reviews. Uh, also, I don't do cinemas. Uh, I haven't been to the cinema in God knows how long, so the films will generally be... Uh, stream films will be on Netflix, Amazon Prime, perhaps released on Sky Movies, Sky Cinema as it is now, sorry. Um, so they're not going to be uh, brand newish films. This one is from 2017. That's as recently as it gets. Now you'll have to forgive me if you hear short pauses during this little chat. I've just opened a bottle of Budweiser, so here goes my first sip. <sighs> there we go. Uh, obviously... I don't do advertising on here, but if Budweiser did hear that and are interested in sending me a case, get in touch. You know my Twitter address, I'll uh, give you my home address, you can send me a few cases. Okay, Maribone, what can I tell you about it? It's uh, The Secret of Maribone. Um, I don't get it really, it's a Spanish film, it's a Spanish, it's described as a Spanish psychological horror mystery drama film, but it's, it's in English, it's English language, so I'm not 100% sure how that works, but I'm sure it's probably over-analysing it a little bit there. It's got a great cast in it, actually. One of the guys is from, um, what was that programme called? Special Special Things? Was it Special Things? I can't even remember. You see, this is what happens when I have a little drink of uh, Budweiser. Um, But yeah, it's a a good story. I'll give you basically the plot outline. Uh, it's set in 1968, and a woman named Rose brings her four children from England to her childhood home, the Maribone residence in Maine, in the USA. And this is to leave their past behind, make new memories. Things start off well, they make friends with a girl named Ali, uh, but Rose gets ill and she dies, leaving her children Jack, Jane, Billy and Sam. Before she dies, Rose tells Jack to hide news of her death until he turns 21. And legally able to care for his uh, brothers and sisters. Six months later, the person the family was running from finds the place. I'm not going to tell you much more about it, but it's a horror. Um, there are covered co- the mirrors in the house are covered. It's an eerie old house. The mirrors are covered to protect them from the ghost, which lives in a loft, uh, which goes disappears then reappears and. It's so good. It's so well made. If you like your horrors and you like your stories with a twist, genuinely, genuinely give it a go. It's absolutely brilliant. You've got these four kids living in this decrepit old house, trying to maintain some kind of uh, family feel to everything. Uh, But there's something not right. There's a backstory. They're running away from somebody. Somebody's after them. The house they're in is the eeriest, creepiest place you can imagine. And it all ties in ever so beautifully. And it's got an incredible, incredible twist. I really recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime at the moment. Uh, Give it a go. Absolutely great film. It'll make you jump. There's some jump scares in it. Uh, It's eerie. There are some moments where you think, oh, don't go in there. Or don't pull that dust cloth off that mirror. And, you know, it's really, really good film. Proper enjoyed it. So this one, The Secret of Maribone. Definitely get to see thumbs up from the Whistler podcast. Check it out. I'm going to do more of these. I quite like it. So, yeah. Um, there's my review of that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
Well, you know, I think I'm going to wrap it up here because it's been a, an interesting opening show, I think. I you'll have to forgive me. I'm still finding my feet a little bit. It's still a, a little bit up in the air. Um, but I'll get there. I promise I'll get there. Uh, things will get better uh, as time goes on. Uh, don't forget to get in touch with me. Drop me a line. Tweet me. Email me. Um, you can tweet me. I'm going to tell you that address again because uh, I've got to get used to saying it. Or do I find a catchy email tweet thing in me, Bob? I don't know. Anyway, it's the Whistler Eight. If you want to contact me on Twitter at the Whistler Eight, that's the with a capital T, Whistler with a capital W, and the number eight. You can email me as well if you want Whistler Mail, all one word, all lowercase, at yahoo.co.uk, and we can um, do that. Thank you very much for joining me on this first Whistler podcast in a while, and it's definitely the first of 2020, but it's the first of many in 2020. We're not stopping here. We are carrying on. I'm going to try and do as many as I can. It'd be nice to be able to promise you one a week, but there's no way I can possibly do that. But I'm going to be bold. I'm going to take on all I'm going on all day this year. I think I'll take you with me, and I can talk to you about what I'm seeing and things like that. It'll be nice. Um, so, yeah. And anything I do that might be remotely interesting, I'll stick on here as well. And you can just come and have your life with me. Hopefully next time, more movie reviews coming at you. Uh, more strange news. Hopefully not about Australian men pooing at random. Um, and we'll see if we've developed any people of the year that can go on to our little list. And just we'll see where it goes. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Um, and until next time, bye bye for now. You filthy animals.